Rise to Offend, a podcast that explores people who rose to offend in society and their legacy today. I am your host, Petra Speich, and this week we are tackling the life and times of scumpunk rock lifer Gigi Allen, who to some was the ultimate symbol of punk rock rebellion, and to others a troubled soul whose attempt to shock and disgust on a stage was in reality someone self-medicating a serious mental disorder and emboldened by an audience and peers. Wherever the truth may lie in those two viewpoints, there is no argument that he was the most over-the-top degenerate in punk rock history. Born August 29, 1956 in Lancaster, New Hampshire, his father and family environment would play a significant role in his future persona. As every 97 cents has shattered illusions... Visuals we keep are long and lonely as my ambush hits hard on enemy lines. My ambush hits hard on enemy lines. My ambush hits hard on enemy lines as society backfire, weakens its link. We must always ready ourselves to engage and not defect when the duel is on. Think not it will happen and surely it will. But nothing assures immunity from the immortal pieces of me. Unborn baby in mother's womb waiting, screeching bloody fucking cunt slider on hold. Beautiful afterbirth fucked and framed. One more useless person to breathe my air. I hope your life brings early death. Die pregnant one, die for two. And joining me this week, as always, guys, Brandon Guchon and Jocelyn Sharp. Now, Gigi Allen was born in Lancaster, New Hampshire, August 29th, 1956, to his mother, Arletta, and father, Merle. Gigi Allen's father was a highly religious and antisocial man and stated he had a vision about his future son and was ordered to name him Jesus Christ. When Kevin was born, his father made me name him Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because he had had a vision. Um, Jesus had appeared to him and um, that should have been my second clue. I was I was over the years putting these clues in my bonnet and stirring them up. I mean I was not a stupid person. Um, but when you are young and you've just had a baby and you're working hard it seems like there's there's no way out uh, so, I was sort of biding my time, I think you'd say, and I, w- I did name him that, but I had an awful, awful lot of controversy when I was in the hospital. My mother wouldn't come to see me, my sister wouldn't come to see me. All of the nurses came in and, and scolded me, all of the doctors came in and scolded me, all of the priests came in, all of the ministers came in. You'd think that it was something I had done wrong, instead of instead of scolding the person who was to blame because they knew that I was the one in the family with the intelligence, not Merle. Now in Christianity, the second coming of Jesus has been linked to the apocalypse, but the meaning has changed throughout time and religion. Matthew 16, 28 is as follows. There are some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So as his father felt and believed, he named his son Jesus Christ Allen. Matthew chapter 16, verse 28. Verily I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death 
till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. How can this be true when everyone standing around him at that time, almost 2,000 years ago, they're dead today? Let me say this. Whenever there seems to be a contradictory passage, it is because of two reasons. Number one, it is a translation. Number two, it is the interpretation of the translation. The family, they lived in a two-room log cabin with no electricity or water. And Gigi Allen's father forbade all conversations after dark. The cabin was located in the city of Groveton, New Hampshire, and had a population of 1,000 people. It'll make them stronger. If I hurt somebody, chances are they're going to be much more defensive. If somebody comes and beats the out of me, if somebody comes at me the second time, it's not going to happen. She's going to have to be a strong little girl. I do not take sides on this. If, if whatever happens to her, she's got to be strong about it. If she gets raped, I hope that she can be stronger about it. People don't get stronger after rape. Yes, they do. They, they feel sorry for themselves. And they're going to get raped again right. because they've got no power. With no electricity or running water in his youth, what basic grooming functions would he have lacked prior to school? Um... All of them? <laughs> How are you going to be able to keep yourself clean? So, I mean, you basically just crawled out of the dark. I mean... You're living in like a... Like, you're living 150 years ago, and you're going to just assimilate into people who are living in the now? No yeah. way. Coal miners are cleaner than you. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent of living in a large closet. Two, yeah. Two-room cabin. I put so much of my fucking, my whole life into this goddamn shit. I can't think that anybody has done it to the extent that I have. I can't think of anybody. And, and uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there that realize that, but there's a lot of idiots, too, that don't. Now, Gigi had an older brother named Merle Jr., named after his father. And Merle Jr. couldn't say Jesus and would call him Gigi in an attempt to say Jesus. And that's what gave him the moniker, G.G. And I named him Jesus, but I have ways of getting around that. Uh, Merle, I told little Merle that he had a new brother, and his name was Jesus Christ. And he said, G.G., that's G.G., my brother G.G., he said. So uh, I said, oh, yeah, wow, yes, Lord. You know, it is G.G., so it was G.G. forever. Uh He was always G.G. Merle named him that. And um, we all started calling him that, you know. Now, Merle Jr. was a balance between the chaotic upbringing and family situation that Gigi was raised in and took it upon himself to be the man of the house at a very young age. Merle Sr., Gigi's father, had serious mental issues that were undiagnosed, but people would later state he had multiple personality disorder or schizophrenia. It was documented by the family that he would go from sweet generous and warm to violent without reason. This paralyzed his family with fear. Merle Sr. then dug graves in the cellar and left the graves open, threatening his family that he would kill them and himself, and that is where they would be buried. When you come in to my show that says, enter at your own risk, I have songs out called, I'm a rapist, I'm going to rape you, I'm going to kill you, and people... No, when they come to my show that it's a dangerous situation and that's the excitement. If they get hurt, I've had people leave my shows with broken bones and write me letters saying it was the greatest thing they've ever seen in their life. And that's a fact. And I get 50, 60, 70 letters a week. What kind of damage would this upbringing do to a child and would rebellion against fear 
come from this? I mean, I don't think that, I think that in your, if you're robbed of your youthful innocence of, I mean, when you're a child, you don't think about your own mortality. And if you're only people that are designed, the people on earth are supposed to take care of and love and nourish you and cherish you are telling you that you're going to die. Like, I don't, I think that you, I don't understand how you can even. Yeah. Not only that, uh, not die. It's like, look, everybody's been told they're going to die. It's I'm going to murder you yeah. and I'm going to bury you. And I'm also going to keep you in this room that you have, that we will force you to stare at your so-called gravesite. Right. I mean, it's like that constant, a constant mortality is just staring him in the face, and then you have this fear living right above you. Got a laughing problem, motherfucker? Fuck you. Fuck you. I ain't got a laughing problem. If you want to laugh, I can leave, and you can laugh at the next two people or whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to be laughed at. Now, Gigi Allen stated many times that his father was not physically abusive to him or Merle. Gigi's father hated pleasure, though, in all forms. He considered them sins, and he also did not allow the family to have contact with each other, neglecting Gigi's mother from comforting her children. Gigi Allen! Let's fucking hear it, God fucking damn it. Who wants to suck my dick tonight? I'll pay, I'll pay. I'll pay like five bucks, a couple fucking crackheads out there somewhere to suck my dick for five bucks. I might pay ten, but I'd rather pay five. Crackheads out there, girls, suck my dick for five, ten bucks, I don't know, what do you want? Now, Arletta tried to escape the home once and was stopped by Merle Sr., but by 1961, she got away and filed for divorce, changing Gigi's name legally to Kevin Michael Allen prior to him starting school. And by 1966, at the age of 10, they relocated away to East Jonesbury, Vermont, a population of 5,000 people, where he and his brother were now in full custody of their mother and stepfather. But I didn't want him to have to go through a life of misery with his father either, you know which he would have if I had subjected him to that over the years. So I, and he said, well, I named him the first time, and, and if you name him this time, I'll never call him whatever it is you name him. So I just got in the car, went up, and, and went to see Bunny Bell. She was the town clerk. And she said, well, I knew you'd be here sooner or later. She said, I never sent this into the state. I kept it right here in my file cabinet. Never sent that name into the state. So uh, she said, what do you want to name your little boy? And I was like, <laughs> I was totally unprepared. I didn't know what I wanted to name him. But um, I said, uh, Kevin. Kevin sounds like a good name. And she said, what do you want? Do you want a middle name? And I said, Michael. After Father Michael DeMassey, our priest in Gilman, who was always a great guy. We, we kids liked him a lot. So it was Kevin Michael Allen. G.G. Allen stated in an essay he titled The First Ten Years that he was glad to experience such an upbringing and that it made him a warrior soul at an early age. I don't blame my parents or anybody from my past for who I am. If anything, I'm grateful for it. What do the first ten years of G.G. Allen's life really do to him? I think it made him think that he didn't matter. So... In order for him to get attention, he would have to go and do the biggest and boldest things in the ma- in the world. Like the only attention he was getting was just for being a kid. 
hey, you're, you're, you're enjoying something, so you're going to be told that it's evil. I mean, all that's doing is just, it's, all it's doing is just setting the stage for what, what's about to come. For the first 10 years of my life, I grew up in, in the woods in New Hampshire with no running water, no heat, no uh, electricity. And my father was a very violent man, and he would hide things in the yard, and he would hold the kids at gunpoint, and he would kidnap us. But see, that made me sort of a warrior soul at an early age, and that made me the individual. I distanced myself from people, and that's what makes me strong, because I don't, I don't have to deal with anybody. I'm really content with being myself. When you are raised like that, I can see where the warrior soul thing comes into play, because you know he, he's wearing this pain as a badge of honor. That's how he, he wants to be remembered. He's like, I'm all scars. That's what he wants people to see. I am all scars and I'm here. Caring to explore new openings of our interior depths of punctured skin spiders. Digress with me as I have become the trail of mutilation towards destruction and evil for all. Follow closely the depths of my empathy. We, the arbitrary souls of our own temples, need nobody. My self-structured mind will take course my passion to the battlefield of elasticated hands, reaching out to suffocate the closing air passages of passers-by. I believe in testing all limits of life and laws. Comfort and conformity are my two biggest enemies. What a traumatic upbringing. So it's just every, to have every layer of your life traumatic, from being named after a religious icon to being, have the pressure of being the second coming of that put on, to having your own grave dug in front of you, to seeing your father drag your mother back into a, into a terrible thing. Like all of these things. And then what, how do you rebel against something that is already so terrible? You know, we rebel against our, our cookie cutter parents because we think they're cheesy and boring. Like, how do you, like now, where is he going to go? You're 10 years old and you, this is what you think is normal? The slicing taste of torture and pain should be your own territorial landfill. Sever the ties of doubt and contradiction. Misery will create vital fulfillment and excitement when you realize the wonderful grave you are in reality creating. Being on a constant death trip enhances your life. Bear nothing but stagnation. I myself welcome a violent death as a climactic end to a beautifully dangerous existence. Because when you seriously seek death, you then accelerate life. No limits or boundaries should be posted. Your life should be set specifically with castration mutilated thoughts. The flesh, trickling blood's flow should be set to explode on any given note. We should enjoy our pain and lasting dying breaths always. Always enjoy our pain. Welcome then as a homecoming to the always existing flames from beyond that welcome you into raped corpse fucking. Rejoice your ending. Murder and self-murder until the last drops of blood are spilled. Now, around this time, he discovered rock music through the AM radio, and he learned to play the drums. However, in school, he was bullied heavily 
and placed in special education classes, even getting held back in third grade, which added on to the bullying. Now, he's in a town of 5,000 people, so he embraced not fitting in and getting beat up throughout his schooling was normal to him. Instead of going back and doing reruns, which I don't want to do, I think i got to go out there and to piss them off even more, I'm not going to get arrested because I'm still going to go out there and do my show. It's still going to be intense. I'm still going to get the people going, but I'm going to sort of bait them to, to fuck themselves up, and that way I can be the instigator without actually getting arrested. It's like I say, it's, it's a fine line, but, I, but I, I can do it. By high school, though, he was heavily influenced by bands like the Stooges, the MC5, and the New York Dolls. And he started cross-dressing. By his sophomore year, he even took his yearbook photo dressed like a girl. I mean, I really hate it here. I, I don't know why I'm here. I, I, every day I walk the streets and I see some of these fucking people, and it just makes me want to fucking puke on every fucking one of them. I guess the fact that, that I'm not welcome here makes me want to stay. In a small town like East Jonesburg, Vermont, with a population of just 5,000, did Gigi have any chance of escaping bullying, and did he eventually accept it and feel comforted by it? Who's going to be a worse bully than his dad? Nobody, I mean, you're going to be scared of some kid to push you down on the playground where you're going to go home and eat dinner over your own grave? Well, at this point, too, you could see that I think this is where the anger is starting to rise because now it's like, oh, you're going to hate me? You're going to bully me? Oh, I'll give you a reason to hate me. And yeah. it's like an, you could just see that this is starting to grow now. It start, he wants to lash out. He wants to be seen more, but he also wants to be seen as a villain. It's the whole confrontation. See, a lot of people come to my shows expecting a freak show, and they get caught up in the crossfires because they don't realize that what goes on in my mind is very real. And if they're in my way, and if I see somebody there that's just there to see the freak show, then they're, then they're going to be taken out. The only people... People that are left in my or my allies who are standing at the end of the show. Those who have been sent to the hospital, those who have been raped or left or ran out the door, they're the enemy. He never got physical affection, so I imagine that there was this massive hole where any kind of attention felt a little bit like a salve on that. Mm -hmm. And him getting bullied. Like Brandon was talking about his hatred and his rage, that's going to be like, I just don't want to be those guys. You know, yes. I just I have to not be those guys, the guys that make you feel the way he felt. It's more my participation. If they don't participate, I make them participate in some way. I can make an audience very on edge, just like I say, by looking at them. I think audience particip- participation is important, but it's more important for my own feelings than it is theirs. You know, if they don't react, then I'm probably going to go out and, and go off on them even more. If they do react, sometimes they might, you know, kill themselves, and I can just sit there and watch them. Uh, so that's all right, too. His first few bands were fringe punk rock bands, one called The Malpractice and Strip Search, but then he created The Jabbers. Well, I need adventure. Yes, I do. I need adventure. Now, is the appeal of punk rock to Gigi different in any way to other influences by the movement? I think the thing is, is punk rock scared people, especially back in those days. 
And that's what he wanted. Again, this guy is, he wants to be the villain. So if you're going to go that route, if you're going to be a, a, like a rock and roll singer, if you're going to be in a band, go, go, go the punk rock way. My whole thing was the stage show was the more, most important thing because that's where I could get my revenge out. But actually, the guys in the Jabbers were, were well-crafted musicians. They could all play well and, and they could all write well. So a lot of, that's why those songs are so, you know, so well written. I mean, I wrote them, but they played and, and, and the melody was there. I mean, Rob was, a, was an asshole, but he could play that fucking guitar. And, and little John, you know, had his rhythm down. And, and between the two of them, you know, they, they just had something. And Al was pretty good on bass. and. Whatever drummer we had at the time did the job. No, I mean, I, I don't like all of that stuff. I, you know, I, I definitely prefer the later stuff, but I, I think some of it is pretty cool. I mean, the punk rock was all about raging against the machine, yeah. you know? It, it was all about being in your face, being aggressive, being what, being the opposite of what people told you you had to be, not conforming. Everything about punk rock was being cool was uncool, and being popular was not right. And, like, everything about punk rock is everything that, you know, he probably identified with. If you go from living with Merle in this shack and you live this life, and then you probably go to a public education vibe with other kids, the only thing you're going to understand is this is where I come from. You guys are here. Like, I'm going to do everything I can to, like, be different because I'm already so different. I can't, I can't be like you. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just be as different as I possibly can. Why, Gigi, did you feel a need to, uh, to defecate in front of a live audience? Well, my body is the rock and roll temple and my flesh, blood and body fluids are a communion to the people, whether they like it or not. I mean, I'm not, not out to please anybody. My, my rock and roll is more not to entertain, but to annihilate. I'm trying to bring danger back into rock and roll, and there are no limits and no laws, and I'll break down every barrier put in front of me till the day I die. And now he's known more for the hardcore punk vibe, but his first few records, first few songs he wrote had a very pop punk tune to them. So Gigi was bullied his whole life, but was not a strong guy. So he took a lot of beatings from men, rarely winning fights, but he could easily beat women and he would. His lyrics early on showed a strong misogynistic streak, but nothing out of the ordinary in the punk rock scene at that time. His band name eventually would be called Gigi Allen and the Jabbers. Gigi met in high school and fell in love with Sandra Faro, eventually marrying her on October 6, 1978, at the age of 22. Now, what does getting married at 22 tell you about his plan for the future? Does it say he could possibly have been domesticated? It's hard to imagine that, that to Gigi Allen marriage meant anything. It's hard to imagine that he, at this point, at 22, after all he's been through, that he's not a, like a really deep nihilist. Back then, 
when I was shit about 20 or so, I mean, we, we were just, you know, I, it was just a really strange thing back then to, uh, you know, be married, which was something I shouldn't have done, but uh, and, and just, you know, being with, with in this band that, that uh, really nobody liked, and no, you know, we used to lie to clubs, we used to tell them, oh yeah, we can play this song, we can play that song, we even told one club one time we were a country band. I used to call these clubs, and I knew, like, all these fucking Journey and Foreigner bands would be there, and they're like, what kind of music play? Oh, we play Journey, we play Foreigner. Oh, that's great. And then we'd get in there, and we, we knew we weren't going to get paid. We didn't give a fuck. The money wasn't even important. I just went in, and I'd see all these fucking prissy girls sitting in the front, or all these fucking jockey-looking assholes ready to hear fucking Foreigner. <laughs> we'd go into bored to death, and I'd just go off on them, and I knew, well, you know, how long's it going to last? We'll see, but... It's cool. We, you know, we didn't... The whole thing of it wasn't money. Just how long are we going to play before we get thrown out? And then the Jabbers, being musicians, they got tired of it because they wanted to play. They're like, well, you know, we can play. We want to play. You know, you're always getting us thrown out. And I'm like, well, you know, I want to play too, but I want to play it my way. I, I think at this point he was just trying to do what the norm was telling him to do. Now, granted, as, as punk rock as he was, you still this is a society. And again, I don't think I do think that he loved someone. I do think that what he felt, he probably thought it was love. And especially when you're such a young guy at that time, you know, you're going to go with your heart. You're always going to go with what your emotions are telling you to do. Right. Well, and I'm not trying to skip ahead, but it's, it's not, he's not a psychopath. So he is capable of feeling love. Yeah. And I imagine that if he did really feel love, that was probably a profound thing for him. And the marriage was probably a moment of passion and romance because if you didn't have affection from your own mother... And then, like, the first person that came along to show you love and affection, it probably is a very powerful thing. He, he did have affection after from his mother after, after Merle left, left. But yeah. still, you're 11 years old. I mean, the, the formative years, those yeah. first 10 the years. The damage is already yeah, done. Not, yeah, not getting affection. Yeah, it's just. The fucking newspapers. Bullshit. I'm going to kill myself. And what the fuck has a cost? What's anybody going to do about it? I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm going to do it for me. And I'm going to do it for every motherfucker. And I'm fucking serious! They come here to read. They came here to tell you that your fucking papers are full of fucking shit. What are they gonna tell me that I haven't been through? In 1980, that's when they released their first record, and it was called Always Was, Is, and Always Shall Be. And his voice had a snarky punk sound and was up to par with the majority of the punk records of that time. You know you you know that you don't like me, and I don't like you. You know, you know that you don't like me, and I don't like you. You know, you know that you don't like me, and I don't like you. You know, you know that you don't like me, so I say, fuck you! His brother Merle stated that after he got married, he became a different person, wearing button-down shirts and being domesticated, and was truly in love with Sandra, a girl he met in high school. But soon drugs would enter his life on a major level and alcohol. As to whether Gigi Allen says he really intends to go through with his suicide plan remains to be seen. What the fuck remains to be seen? Some bitch that I met in a fucking bus stop for two minutes and I tried to rape in New York says that I fucking went out with her and said that I cried wolf. I never fucking cried wolf. I never fucking said in the last 13 years that I was going to kill myself on stage. Never. 
Never! Now, Gigi was a big drinker around this time as his band was growing, and he had tried many different drugs, but the extreme lifestyle that the American punk rock scene was becoming was not something he would allow to slip away. And he never believed in his musical talent, it seemed, but knew he could truly live and breathe the mantra of the disenfranchised and gutter. And he embraced this as a persona and calling. I'm a very unbelievable person because I believe in myself and I have a very strong mind and I can get anything that I want. And most people go through life very bland and very boring and they accept what's given to them. They accept what people teach them and what people tell them. I have said no over and over again to authority. Authority cannot tell me what to do. The schools cannot tell me what to do because from day one I never listened to them. I taught myself. I'm strong. I'm very strong. The extreme lifestyle and one-upping that eventually punk rock became in the early 80s was about music for many, but for many others, an excessive party, an openly violent movement in culture that had many seeing it as a youth revolution of rebelling against a government and a system. But at a certain point, it became about drugs and a glorifying gutter lifestyles. Now, is this movement and belief system similar to a religion? I don't think it's similar to a religion because I... To me, it just sounds like they're rebelling against anything that is a group, any any type of group think mentality. There's just people out there that just want to see the world burn. And that's what Gigi Allen is. That's what this movement is. I mean, I, I also feel like Gigi Allen did what a lot of addicts do. And he found more addicts who were willing to live in their trauma and were willing to go down in flames together. I believe that I am the king. I am the messiah. I rule the rock and roll and what- I'm bringing us to a revolution against the government, against the police, against any form of society that is trying to put us down and restrict us in any way, shape, or manner. You cannot conform. You must be a true nonconformist. To hell with what your parents have to say. Okay, okay. I am the man. Okay. So all you have to do is listen to what I have to say. Okay, well, who told you you were the Messiah? I said I was. Okay. And I am because these kids, I get letters from all over the world. People worship me. They come to my shows. I'm going to rape the girls. I might rape the guys. I might have sex. I'm, I want it all. I want it all, and I'm going to have it all. I think it was like a religion. I think there was a uniform. I think there was... This is how you're supposed to live. This is how you're supposed to think. I think a lot of it had to do with not trying in life because what's the point? I think that's a religion. I think that's a belief. I think it's really easy to sell that to youth because they don't want a boring life. And it's being sold as like, if you conform, your life will be boring. If you stay with us, your life will be exciting. And the nihilistic thing is totally pervasive in punk rock to Pete's point. And when you think about, it's almost this joke where you don't conform to what the punks believe is the correct way to behave, which is they don't want you to conform, but you have to conform to them. Shiny motherfuckers in your matching wardrobe. Shiny motherfuckers. Speak what an ass delivers. Suck ass paycheck. Seeking robots of fucking society. The fucked government puppets. Guide me now, mindless man, from a world I do so terrorize. But you only rule me in your mind. Because I rule your universe with my guns and revolution. By 1982, Gigi Allen was a true believer and preacher of lawlessness and nonconformity. But the irony that many saw from the outside is punk rock had a uniform and style and was destructive to its followers. 
and he preached destructive behavior that would lead to death or jail. He released two EPs at this time, Public Animal Number 1 and No Rules, before the Jabbers decided to break up in 1984 because Gigi Allen was getting too aggressive. Now, Gigi Allen openly welcomed both and glorified violent acts towards people. Part of his appeal was that people coming to his show, in essence, came for these reasons. And as Gigi soon discovered, raping or beating his fans would be deemed part of his show. Now, by 1984, Gigi Allen's music and mantra was subdued, and his following was very regional and, and small, but growing. His, he transitioned from music mattering and personifying the image and style and mantra of punk rock, all which would give him a reason and justification for his behavior. Nobody will stop you because I am the true underground messiah. When you come to my show, you're going to a war. And I'm out for violence, chaos, un- lawlessness all the way. I don't care about anybody or anything except for myself and my mission. And your kids out there, if you've got kids out there, they're going to be my kids. I'm going to own those kids. They're going to do anything that I say because I'm the king. And they can identify with me because the real true nonconformist children in this country are sick and tired of their parents, their schools, their people force-feeding them what to do. I am the answer. When they listen to my lyrics and they listen to my songs, they're listening to the way that it really should be. And you know that and I know that. So don't brain because your kids are my kids. For a young man that wants to feel cool and be a part of something would they voluntarily be victimized to fit in? And does that make someone like Gigi Allen a predator to disenfranchise youth instead of a leader? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I think it's one of those situations where, again, he was always told that he wasn't anybody. He always got picked on. He always got bullied. And now it's his chance to come up with his own mantra and form his own cult in a way. Like he wants to call the shots. This is very David Koreshian. He's talking about raping his fans. He's talking about fighting his fans. I mean, it's cult stuff. Yes. My art is more street art. It's more rea- real life, you know, and, and you know, because to me, art is 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 like very vital and violent. I mean, to me, if you see a dead person laying on the side of the road that's got hit by a car, to me that's art. And and art is very real to me. It's not something that really needs to be acceptable. It's, it's, and to me, art has no limits. <clears throat> so I don't impose any limits upon myself. I, I, I believe that, that pain and, and violence um, our art, and, and I sort of take my whole life, and, and if you want to call that art, then that's how I put my art out. I just, 
use real situations for art, real mm -hmm. blood and, and real violence and, and real open sexuality and, and defecation, urination, masturbation. I mean, to me, that's all art. In 1984, he released his second full-length titled Eat My Fuck. And the record was recorded so poorly it was deemed unlistenable by many and cemented the fan base was not interested in the music, but the spectacle. Around this time, Gigi Allen was a full-blown alcoholic and heroin user and would start to self-mutilate at every show by beating the microphone into his head, cutting himself with beer bottles, and even razor blades. <laughs> There were lots of bands who would self-mutilate, lots of bands who were inspired by this, lots of bands who later when I read the Gigi Allen story were doing the exact same things on stage. Like it's still... To this day, his influence is pervasive in that even though people don't agree with him, there was some something about this, this trauma, this, this realness, this, this broken person people identify with, which is, is fascinating to me because I can't. Pacing around this concrete cage, I think, but there was only some way to escape. Then I realized like a nail through my flesh and cock but I'm here as a sacrifice of my art. Just as Jesus, Satan, Christ, was crucified and came back at my birth, I now must suffer and die for all you fuckers out there drinking, doping, fucking, stealing, loud, obnoxious bastards, doing what if I was out of here would be doing excessively. But because I am the king, I must pave the road of our destruction for all. Spill your blood for me while I tear my skin apart and bleed ever so much more than you. I think there's there's a lot to be said about somebody who wears like a Gigi Allen shirt. It, it, it's almost like you're more in love with the idea of what he was instead of the person that he was. Same thing with Gigi Allen. I mean, it's like the guy would, you know, mutilate himself on stage just to get people to stare at him. But I mean, and then and then believe me, we're going to get to the bad parts. But yeah, I mean, it's like they're just I, they're just in love with the idea of what he represents. At, at this point, I imagine if people are still that's my point is if people are still to this day looking back on that at this point, he's getting validated. Yeah, everything he's doing is being although it's not correct and it's predatory and these all these things that he's doing, it's going to it's getting validated by the people who are consuming i am who i am and i'm not a phony like everybody else out there i am real and i how many of you can at 35 years old sleep with 16 12 13 year old girls and boys and animals hey this is the life i got it all and i got your kids in 1985 he released another record titled yeah you'll never tame me and at this point his lyrics bordered on simple shock and laziness song titles in this phase were eat my diarrhea <laughs> Shit in your mouth! 
Gigi Allen was an open pedophile. He sang about it, spoke highly about it, and promoted it. He also glorified raping of both men and women, and many women support him and worshipped him regardless. Gigi Allen would have people do sex acts with him while he was on stage and while he was performing. What is the appeal at this stage in 1985 of Gigi Allen? Is it the music or the selling of true danger at his concerts to the youth? It's danger, danger, danger. That's always what attracted people to anything, anything punk rock related. It's always been the danger aspect. This guy's raping someone on stage. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all about the danger, dude. You're just going to see the spectacle. You're going to see the freak show. Fresh off the Cold War conservative time in our country, Reaganomics, everything is good old American. That's what's being celebrated mm-hmm. in America at this time is, is good old American boys, good old American girls. And punk rock is thriving is because not everyone's a good old American boy, a good old American girl. And it's not like today where you can have a giant piercing in your face and work at Starbucks. Like it's not like that. It's a different world where you couldn't even get hired if you had tattoos. Sex. 
punk rock was thriving because with Reaganomics, like Jocelyn was saying, people had to work more. They had to work 40 hours, maybe 50 hours, 60 hours to the middle class to hold their home together. While doing that, they were not there for their children. Their children had nowhere to go. It wasn't like today where there was internets and TVs. They had to go outside. They had to feel cool. They had to find groups. They had to find packs. They had to find gangs. They had to fit into a part of society. And it was very easy for a kid to feel disenfranchised and not cool. Because back then, when you have people working so much and parents don't have the time to raise a kid at a certain point, a kid raises himself. And the first thing they're going to latch onto is something that is the opposite of their parents. It's not a performance. It's a ritual. And the ultimate performance would be when I have reached my peak and I'm not there yet. So don't you all clap when I say this. I'll commit suicide, but I'll take your kids with me. What does that mean? You'll take, you, take our it kids means with what you? you Whatever I just said, I'll take them with me. Well, what's it mean? Doesn't make any sense. I'll kill them too. Now, Gigi's trouble with the law was a constant his whole career as well at this point. And in the course of his career, it was documented that he was arrested over 50 times and in 12 different states. I don't care about anything but myself and what I write and what I do is law. How many times have you been in jail? I've been in jail. I've been arrested over 52 times. I've spent three years in prison. The punk rock community of musicians distanced themselves from Gigi Allen. He was a very polarizing figure in that community. His performances would be less than 15 to 20 minutes at times. And prior to getting the show shut down for violence or exposing himself, he would attack people in the audience. And in 1985s in Peoria, Illinois, he got more legendary, per se, to some when he officially took a shit on purpose while performing. Honestly, it's not the music. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about hardcore to know one way or the other uh, how much of an influence the actual music would, would have been. But it was certainly the behavior and the antics and the complete obscenity of everything he did was unlike anything ever before or since. People used to talk about when Marilyn Manson first came out, oh, he cut himself, he did this, he did that. And whenever you heard anything about any of these theatrical performers, people who really knew always said, yeah, well, it's got nothing on Gigi Allen. So, I mean, you would, you're a fan, you would leave a Gigi Allen show potentially punched in the face with his shit thrown on you. Now, how much of this act in reality is drug-related? And do you think he is aware of his show being more circus sideshow than rock and roll. He's 100%. He's, he's trying to be a circus sideshow. That's what it is. He knows, what, he knows why people are coming. He knows he's a below average musician. The only reason people are coming to see him is for the antics. And now when you get stuck in a situation like that, your whole goal is go bigger, badder, more dangerous, more gross, more shocking. And that just leads you to a life of depravity. But my stuff is not really poetry or fiction. The stuff that I've written is more like uh, what I've been through, what I'm going through, and what I'm going to go through up until October 31st, 1990. So what's that? Why until 1990? Uh, that's the day I plan to uh, commit suicide on stage. Have you like and, set that up yet? Booked it anymore? Uh, I haven't booked it, but it will happen. And I want to say that the people at the uh, Spy Lyric were completely, you know, way to fuck off base in what they were writing, saying, you know, that when Gigi Allen says he's going to do something, and you know he's going to do it. His peers believed that Gigi had serious mental health issues, and by self-medicating constantly and drinking constantly, he found an audience that believed and considered him a rock god and a messiah of nonconformity. But in reality, his audience did not see him the way he thought. The appeal was danger and self 
self-deprecation. When I was growing up, I stole, I broke into cars, I broke into houses, I sold drugs, and then I found rock and roll. And that kind of balances me out, because I don't think if I'd have found rock and roll, to balance out my life, I probably would end up being a serial killer. Or... He would get few people to come to the shows, and the growth came after the self-mutilation and him shitting and pissing on stage. So now he's getting rewarded for this behavior. I mean, the thing is... A like... reaction is what an artist wants, right? Yeah. And this is the reaction that he gained. He, he's not about art. It's just about the reaction for him. Like, there's no, there's no art behind this. There's no creation behind this there's no it doesn't come from his soul or his pain or his love or his hate it comes purely from his inability to deal with the fact that he never got what he needed in his childhood and he's getting it by making people scream and cry and run away in fear it's almost like all these audience members as a whole are his father yes and he's re- and he's lashing out against him Now think about though his upbringing. If we go back for a second, like maybe we don't know the situation, but he used the bathroom without running water. He used the bathroom without electricity. So maybe his relationship to like how we use the bathroom never was the same. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like so him turd- shitting on a stage. Yeah. For us seems like, oh, we can't do that. Our mind would block it out. For him, maybe it was like, no, I can shit where I eat. It doesn't matter. That's just a mental part of it now. So it's crazy just to imagine that. How normalize you you normalizing shitting in public, shitting on the floor. Yeah. And that's just that's just like, oh, I used to do it all the time as a kid, you know, like it's insane to me. Now, Gigi Allen, he was a musician, so it's, we're going to talk about his music as well. But In quotations. In quotations, but Gigi Allen's music was considered boring. It was recorded awfully. and just Poorly distributed, too. Yeah, no, no, no major label or any record label would distribute his stuff because they're like, we're not going to put this out there. It was just plain bad. It's, it's so great. Record stores don't carry any of my... I've never seen a Gigi record in one store. Jerry told me he went into school kids' records when I got arrested. And they took everything out of the store. They said they wouldn't be a part of what I did. See, this community is so closely knit. They don't, you know, if somebody went in there and saw a Gigi record, oh, you know, I fucking you support him, blah, blah, blah. People are so ignorant. People are so fucking, I mean, isn't that just the most ridiculous fucking thing? Because they don't like you, they're not going to put your record in the store. I don't know, man. It's, there's just no feeling in the music. That's why I try to put so much in, into my records. And uh, that's why it really pisses me off when people sort of overlook them and just think, oh, that's GG, you know, it's got a sucker, he's a fucking asshole. This is a reason no actual label, big or large independent at the time when punk rock was thriving, ever signed or released his albums. Now, keep in mind, the mantra of punk rock was never to sell out to corporate America at the time, but large indie punk rock labels were thriving and had no interest in Gigi Allen's music, only fringe labels. And I fuck all the boys, black and white. I'm a last little girl to a ten and tied. I got bad habits, bad habits. I'm a honey-tonic bitch, my heart is so cold. Spend all my money. I'll tell you a lie, cause I'm a dirty wild bitch. I'll rape your little sister. I'm mentally un- 
Was there something truly special about the extreme and dangerous performance Gigi Allen was unleashing to his audience? No. No. I mean, it was, again, it's just, it was just so they could go home and go, dude, this guy cut himself. He shit on himself. He threw it at the audience. See you later. You know, that right. was it. That's all, that's all it was. Just acting like a complete and total asshole and being a fool. And I mean, I understand being a nonconformist and trying to beat your own path. I mean, I still believe that you you can be punk and still be respectful of the fact that that somebody has to clean your shit up, man. Right, right. Like you're you're a terrible person, and you're just glorifying that we can destroy things and fuck everybody and fuck all these people and fuck their lives uh, because we're punk rock. I wanna piss on you. I wanna piss on you. You ain't. To me, cause I'm better than you. I wanna shit on you and rape your little sister too. I wanna piss on you, my backup has a yearning too. I wanna piss on you, I wanna piss on you. Shit in your mouth, piss on you. He didn't see it at any other viewpoint besides a narcissistic way. And that's something you can see right now. He's going to do what he wants. Keyword, he, anybody in his path is going to get pushed to aside. For some reason, people like that attitude, the disrespect and disregard of other human beings. They find it special. Well, it's because speaking out against the people that tell you no, there's, they romanticize that. And that's what this is. I mean, like romanticizing all these all these actions that Gigi Allen does. Oh, he's such an individual. He'll he's just going to do it his way. That's always been what we worship. You know, like oh, they try to tell me how to change, but I told him no. And guess who's happy now? It's same thing with the South Park. You know, like when the movie studios were telling them no all the time. And these guys are like, no, 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 we're going to do it our way. And it worked. Thing is, though, say what you want about Gigi Allen. The guy made horrible music. He didn't have a label that was pushing him. Nobody probably nobody probably wanted to take him on the road with him. So he's doing all this his way, and it's well, kind of working. The his way shit doesn't matter because he's not about creating art for him. It's not about making good music for him. It's just about being in front of a crowd. It's just about getting attention. Michelle, we must warn what you are about to see and hear is quite graphic, but it's true happened at the club Spacefish behind me last night. A band called Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies performing at a club that prides itself in its words on having shows on the cutting edge. People paid $7 to watch a man defecate into his own hand while he was nude. And that is just the beginning. This is Gigi Kevin Allen, arrested when police raided the club. What did he do? He relieved himself and did it all. I mean, you name it, it was probably happening. A police report is quite explicit. It says the singer took his own feces, began throwing it at people, and eating it. He was actually off the stage. He was right down here off the stage. Just stepped off and decided to do it. <laughs> Most everybody here probably thought it was funny and was, I don't think, I really don't think people were shocked. People outside were. We heard a commotion and we came outside and the guy ran out the door naked and he was throwing chairs and he had used the bathroom on himself and was throwing it on the people as they came out the club. Butler says strange activity is nothing new here. I think it's a bunch of well-to-do white kids who 
come down here and when they let the hair down, they let it down too much. And it caught up with him last night. He's just doing whatever he can do to be more extreme than anyone around him. Do you know what he wanted? He wanted people to talk about him 20 years after he died on a podcast and he's doing it. He won. You can sit there and say what you want about the antics and what kind of a person he was, but... Is he kind of legendary? Yes. And the thing is, though, is there is some people always oh live fast, die young, leave a good looking corpse. I mean, that's all punk rock. And legendary, though, legendary can be infamous. Yes. Legendary in a lot of cases is infamous. Why should the police come in and arrest me over 52 times? People want to see it. And we, you know what? We as a society, and you are not the majority, we each get one vote. And we as a society have decided that we would like a law in our, in our land. And the law we would like to have is that people shouldn't rape other people. Simple law. Gonna happen. And then in 1985, Gigi Allen was officially divorced from Sandra. That same year, he did impregnate a 12-year-old girl in Texas, and he had a daughter named Nico that was born on March 3rd, 1986. Now, he would not be a part of her life, and eventually she changed her name to be unassociated with him and his story. Gigi was not arrested or ever convicted of sex with a minor, despite stating that he's done it numerous times, even stating he has raped underage (sighs) girls. I get girls to give me what I want. This is, but this and is, I then have, why is that rape? They're consenting to give you sex. They're consenting, but I have had women on stage that weren't consenting, and I don't care. I will continue to have those women. Well, I'll I pull get, them up I, on stage. Well, say what you want, but you can, All right. I have raped women on stage, and I've raped men on stage. I've had women come on stage and, and, and suck my and, and whatever I wanted them to do, because I'll just take them up there. How much of Gigi Allen's persona do you feel was talk and how much did he truly participate? I think he, well, obviously there's proof that he truly participated in, you know, having sex with a 12 year old girl. I mean, it's like, there's no other way around it. I mean, you could sit there and talk about how, oh, you know, he had a mental illness and that's why he was shitting on the floor and that's why he was cutting himself. You fucked a kid. You've entered an area where doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter what you stand for. You're a scumbag and I'm glad you're dead. But that's what he wanted to be, right? Yeah. And that's who he, who he wanted his fans to be. He wanted to be like, you fuck kids too? Come to my audience. He drank his own Kool-Aid. Yeah. That's what happened here. He drank his own Kool-Aid. I, although I do believe in my heart of hearts that he has sexual trauma that he was exercising as most pedophiles do. He's disgusting. It's disgusting. And it's, this is my point. It's not about making art for him. Whatever, whatever he can do to be the extreme, whatever you tell him is disgusting and depraved. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's, he's did, he did every absolute thing that we say is disgusting and depraved. Every absolute thing. I'm a snake, cold and hard. I reveal nothing to you. You only see what I want you to see. My attack will leave no clues. You'll never know what I'm thinking. You'll not penetrate my layers of skin, but when I'm triggered and on the edge, my bite will suck you in. Wrapped around my life, I'll keep you paralyzed. You think I give a fuck about you? I'd rather watch you die. Follow me down to my underworld. I'll lead you to romantic thoughts as I strip you to the bone. I'll confront you with my many colors, I'll dazzle you with my eyes. But when it's all been said and done, your death will be my high. Dance with me in my pit. Dance with me in hell. 
Now you've met the Snake Man. How did I make you feel? Follow my co-host Brandon Gooch Hahn on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch and Jocelyn Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Rise to a Fan and on Instagram at Rise to a Fan Official. And make sure to listen to us every Monday on the Metal Sucks podcast on MetalSucks.net. Email us comments, questions, errors we may have made, or any figure you would like us to cover rise to offend at gmail.com discover the musical journey of gg allen by finding his discography and watch the various documentaries including hated gg allen and the murder junkies gg allen all in the family and search for interviews on youtube all content is copyrighted by owners thank you all so much for the reviews on itunes these five-star reviews are helping this show grow and is all we can ask from you guys Please, if you listen to the show and appreciate all the hard effort behind it, review the show on iTunes for us. It truly means the words that you take the time to listen and to review the show. Next week, we will do part two on Gigi Allen. Until then, Repeat Offenders, RTO Podcast, signing off.